Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short-form podcast, spotlighting backlist gems, book clubbing with YA authors and enthusiasts, or doing other things to celebrate the world of YA. HeyYA Extra Credit is a Book Riot podcast. This is episode 88.5. I'm Sarah Hannah Gomez, and I am recording on Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. So as I talk about ad nauseum on this podcast, probably, I'm in the final stages of my PhD, which means I'm also in the trenches of applying and interviewing for professor jobs. Super exciting, super scary. Imposter syndrome is real, but it's also really exciting to see all kinds of cool jobs to do. So in honor of wanting to be hired to teach children's and young adult literature, I decided to tell you about some of my favorite teachers in YA literature. And in honor of having to work on my dissertation so that I can graduate, I decided I will give you very quick pitches about the teachers themselves in the books, and then you can get on to the show notes to learn more about the rest of the plot and to hopefully read all of them. I think they're all great books. So my parents are retired teachers. My sister is an award-winning English language teacher. Many of my friends are teachers. I, I grew up surrounded by teachers, and much as I tried to resist, here I am teaching things. It was a hard world to leave behind. And something about teaching, at least for me, is that, you know, the more I do, the less I feel like I know, and I always want to learn more about it. And I've been inspired by most of the teachers in my life, mostly for good reasons, but I think even a a bad teacher can inspire you to do certain things. But in my doctoral work, the um, central person in a lot of the the courses I've taken and with a lot of the people I collaborate with is Paulo Freire, who was a brilliant Brazilian pedagogue. And his books and his works and his legacy deal a lot with anti-oppression moves and about what in Portuguese is called conscientização. And usually in English, we say critical consciousness for it, because it's easier to say than conscientization, which would be the most literal translation. And that is the idea that the learner is the starting point, not the content. And education is a process of taking the learner, raising their consciousness, and overcoming the obstacles and the structures in their lives that affect them as a person. So he was very much concerned with dialogic learning, so learning through conversation, not banking education, which is the idea that students are these boxes and you put knowledge into them and then they graduate and they know things because you've plopped stuff into them. So he was very concerned with humane teaching and with empowering learners, especially because he worked with a lot of adult learners and um, with people who weren't literate and with working class people. So he's very concerned with, you know, 
you might not know how to do this thing, but it doesn't mean you aren't actually like quite literate and quite educated about the things in your life. So he's a very anti-classist guy. I will put links to some of his books in the show notes. They are very readable. You don't have to be, you know, a, a fancy professor or a grad student or even, you know, someone who's like very in the field to understand and really value what he has to say. They're incredibly readable, really quite radical, especially for when he was writing them about 30 to 40 years ago. But they also feel very contemporary. And I think for those of you listening who are writers also, I think his work really does a lot of good work for people who are aspiring writers, because in many ways, I think a lot of methods for good writing are also methods for good teaching. Before I get to the books, though, I did want to thank today's sponsor, and that is Quinn Credible, Volume 1 by Rodney Barnes. Quinn Credible has all the superhero elements comic fans love, but it also incorporates current day social movements and politics such as Black Lives Matter and discussions about the American prison system. Quinn is a very empathetic hero who weighs the consequences of his actions heavily. Above everything, he wants to protect his family and community. Quinn Credible by Rodney Barnes and Selena Espiritu is on sale now. So thank you to Quinn Credible Volume 1 for sponsoring today's episode. Okay, I'm going to get you to the books, and then you can get yourself to the bookstore or the library with a mask on or use the internet. My first choice is Dear Martin by Nick Stone, and I actually used this book in a paper in my Bella Freire class because the teacher in it is almost like a textbook case study for all of the things that Freire um, encourages teachers to do. And that is a teacher in the character Justice's um, anti-racism class. So this teacher teaches high schoolers like it's a grad seminar, which I really love. And you can't do when you have 50 kids in a classroom. But you just get the feeling of all of them just kicking back in this classroom. And he really does a great job of being a facilitator of learning rather than lecturing. So you see the students posing questions of each other, jumping in to correct, to expand, to challenge what each other is saying. And it's not that the teacher doesn't matter. I think people worry sometimes that when if a teacher isn't, you know, lecturing, what are they even doing there? They're not teaching. Why are, you know, why are we even paying you to be here? But a really good teacher knows how to sit out when people are really in having a productive conversation and when to jump in and redirect or add some knowledge or correct or whatever the case may be. So I really love the teacher in this book because he does a really great job with his classroom. So that's Dear Martin by Nick Stone. My next pick is A Cloud of Outrageous Blue by Vesper Stamper. So this is a book that takes place in medieval England, which I'm so glad I didn't read the flap for this book before I picked it up because nothing about it is interesting to me. And yet it was such a riveting, immersive read. So you have a girl who has been sent to a priory, um, a convent, and, you know, it's it's the Middle Ages, so there's nothing she can do about it. She's stuck and she's kind of just in for a life of drudgery because she doesn't want to be there. And everyone at the Priory has to, you know, have a job to do. And somehow, some way, someone picks up that she is into art. And while it's not a world where you can just say, go off into the world, that's it's totally fine, just leave, go to art school. They do find a way to make space for her so that she can help with illuminated manuscripts and making ink. And it opens up this new world to her. There's so many abusive things happening in this priory where she lives and just 
so much drudgery because it's a life she didn't choose. But the fact that there was an adult there who saw something in her and found a way to pull that out of her and to let her be a star in her own way is really, that's what you want a good adult to do to a teen is to find something that will allow them to shine, especially for teens who are quiet or not being noticed or who are maybe coming from spaces or places or backgrounds where they've kind of been taught to sit down and not make much of a fuss. Definitely as a woman in the Middle Ages, she is not supposed to make a scene. And a great teacher can find something for a student to really shine at. So that is A Cloud of Outrageous Blue by Vesper Stamper. My next choice is Punching the Air by E.B. Zaboy and Yusuf Salam. This book hurts in about a million ways. It's about a boy who's been wrongfully accused of a crime and is now in prison. Yusuf Salam is one of the exonerated five. And this one I like because it illustrates all of the harm that can be caused when you take learning away from teens, and it illustrates what a good teacher can look like. Because you have a boy in prison for something he didn't do, But even if he had done something, children being in prison is a problem. And certainly withholding from them something that they really want, not in a gimme gimme sort of way, but something like an education that's really going to make them find value in themselves, find value in the things that they do, keep them out of trouble if that's like the most basic you want to go. Withholding that is something that they use at the prison as a punitive measure. And Amal is this amazing artist and writer, and he finds that there's a poetry class, and they basically tell him, like, you can't do that because you're, you know, a bad kid and you didn't do XYZ and you have to earn it. And his internal monologue is like, I'm the only person in that class who actually cares about poetry. Like, of, of all the people, I am the person who not only is like the most into that subject, but that is the thing that would allow me to get through this time. You can have many opinions about prison, but I hope we can all agree that if you want to take the idea that prison is there to rehabilitate people, it's hard to rehabilitate them when you don't give them any spaces to do productive work that makes them feel like they are doing something. So it's an amazing book that's Punching the Air by Ibi Zaboy and Yusuf Salam. Next is When Reason Breaks by Cindy L. Rodriguez, and the teacher in this book is an English teacher. She's having students study Emily Dickinson, and then we have this dual perspective, two main characters and their lives and the different ways they connect to that poet. And one of the things I like about this teacher is the way she is good at identifying what students need and very quietly accommodating it or finding it or serving that need without singling a student out. You know, sometimes you know that a kid just needs to be sitting with a different person and then things will kind of work themselves out. Or that teen just needs a chance to to do some art or needs an extra few minutes after lunch to, you know, kind of come down from outside and be ready for class, whatever it is. So she's a very observant teacher. And she's also humble. There is a point in this book when a big disaster comes and she is horrified that she didn't see it coming. And she's really distressed, not just because she is worried about this kid, but because it makes her rethink her own practice as an educator. And I respect that. I think as as long as you know that you're not the best teacher, you're a better teacher than someone who thinks they're the best teacher, if that makes sense. So that's When Reason Breaks by Cindy L. Rodriguez. My final choice is Breath Like Water by Anna Jarzab. 
So we have Susanna, who's a swimmer, and she has Olympic potential, really high achieving until an injury creeps up on her. And her coach, who she's had for years, kind of writes her off immediately, like starts saying nasty things to her, starts training more of the other athletes on the team and ignoring her a lot more. And he hires a new assistant coach, and that coach gets assigned to Susanna. And that is like the last straw she knows that that means she's been totally written off. And she's really resistant to this new coach. And the coach is, to her credit, really patient, doesn't take personally the fact that Susanna doesn't want her there but is also really firm and is like, you're going to do things my way because I am your coach. It means you're going to relearn things. It's going to seem like you are going back to basics, but I promise that I have a whole plan and a scaffold and we're going to work through it together. And they both have to kind of figure out how to meet each other at all of these different points because they're both resistant to change. And I just really loved this coach and the way she explained why she chooses her methods. She was very open, she answers questions, and she's not someone who pretends to have the magic solution, but she's a person who says, I am qualified to make these choices for you. You do have to trust me, but I respect you enough to tell you how and why I'm doing what I'm doing and making the choices that I am. And that is also the mark of a good teacher. So those are my books for you today. And that's it for me this week. Thank you a million times over to Jen Zink, who makes audio magic every week. And thank you to today's sponsor. Please make sure you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you use that or share it on your other podcast platforms. It really does help other people find us and it lets us know how we're doing. Be sure to go back to Book Riot. We have more than 25 newsletters and tons of other podcasts for you to explore. Kelly and I will be back next week with a full length episode. And until then, you can find me on the Read Harder Insiders podcast on Book Riot, on Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram as SHGMcLicious, and again on Instagram as BookishGirlFit. And I will see you next week with Kelly. Happy reading. <laughs>